Welcome to Sourcing Enterprise AI, a podcast by Upper Edge, a leading IT sourcing, negotiation, and project execution advisory firm. I'm John Belden, Chief Strategy and Research Officer. And I'm Bill Rufo, Upper Edge's Chief Revenue Officer. Join us every other week as we explore the impact of artificial intelligence and the critical issues IT decision makers and sourcing professionals will face. The AI market is just in its infancy with new capabilities, new vendors, and a new competitive landscape and a boatload of risk. In each episode, we'll do a deep dive into a particular AI topic and explore the latest news releases and their potential impact on the market. Empower your AI decision-making with vendor insights and sourcing strategies. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm doing great, Bill. I'm doing great. Good. Good to talk to you again. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited for this episode. Um, I, I wanted to to spend some time actually talking about a, a big a big news item recently that I think could have a a, a large impact in the, with the future of AI and and how how we face it, uh, which of course is the the recent Biden executive order on AI. Um, you know, as as you recall, we. we a couple episodes ago, we talked about, I think it was a Financial Times article that I found that was really discussing the different approaches, all the different regions, whether it was uh, the U.S., whether it was the EU, right. uh, Asia, et cetera, where we're thinking about regulations and security and, and how to how to begin tackling um you know all that is AI and the and the challenges that are going to come with it because it's it's a, it's kind of a storm that's that's rapidly uh, evolving and so um, I, I wanted to 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 talk about this because now we kind of have a real first glimpse into what uh, some of the specifics are and, and how specifically the U.S. government and Biden's administration is is actually thinking about and trying to address AI. So okay. why don't we just dive in and say and start you know talking about that? What what have what have we found in in and um, you know, with this uh, executive order. Yeah. So let's, I mean, let me start at a high level on this. Um, you know, the thing that I think the thing that surprised me the most, right. Um, was the breadth and depth of the order itself, meaning what it covered and how specific it was in addressing what it was going to cover. Right. And I think we'll, we'll have time to, to dive down into sure. some of those things today. Um, but it it was, um, you know, taking a step back and looking at this executive order, I think it's going to do two things simultaneously. And they're going to sound, it's going to sound counterintuitive, right? It's going to, in some aspects, slow down the implementation of AI as people wait to see what the outcome is, are of a lot of the specifics within this executive order. So there's going yeah. to be a, let's just, let's see what the government says uh, and then leverage that. But at the same time, once that happens, there will be a foundation of standards that has been established that all companies then will be able to leverage to move forward with, right? Okay. So there's, there's going to be kind of a slowdown and then an acceleration as a result of that slowdown. That to me is, 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 my read on what I'm going to see here uh, on this. Um, Interesting. So, you know, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can talk about a summary first. Of, sure. You know, I think that makes it, sense. You know, what it tried to cover and then, um, and then we can dig down into each one of the sections that I think are relevant for our procurement professionals. Um, so the, the executive order is broken down into, let's call it eight pieces. 
Um, I'm going to cover it in in five uh, because three of them are, I'll call it pretty similar in what they're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. The first section deals with security. And when we're talking about security, what we're really talking about here is this, the standardization for evaluating AI systems, um, addressing the security risks associated with AI systems and in, in the deployment, security associated with post-deployment performance, and then security associated with, let's call it the um, disinformation that can be generated by AI and how to detect that. So once we dive down into that, I'll get into a lot more specifics, but the most important yeah. thing to think about is that first section deals with security. Okay. Okay. The second section deals with um, promoting responsible innovation, competition, and collaboration. And it's in its primary focus, as far as I can look at is how am I going to make sure that we've got enough talent within the United States to deal with AI and how am I going to set the rules um, within the, you know, call it within the commerce section to promote competition. So we're <laughs> going to get into some, some things on IP and managing copyright and those areas. The, I'm going to call it the section three, four, and five of the, um, of the executive order deal with protecting the workforce, meaning the American workforce from the outcomes of AI job protection, protecting civil rights and protecting the consumer. Now we're not going to spend a lot of time on those today, but in, sure, yeah. in general, right. That's the, um, that's the, the content of those sections. The seventh section is on, it, it develops a framework on how the government should apply AI and what is the effective use of the government use of AI. We are going to dig down into that a little bit because I think there's going to be a, uh, the ability for companies to leverage the guidelines that are being set there and say, why don't I just adopt those same guidelines as a, as a mechanism going forward? And then the final section is defining the role of the United States in setting the standards for the world on AI and what leadership should the government take in kind of pushing that down, right? So working with uh, the other, like working with the EU, working with Asia, mm -hmm. et cetera, to set global standards for the use of AI. So it was really, really expansive in terms of what it was dealing with there on on AI. Um, you know, I think I, I mentioned to you, uh, I thought I I thought I had bit off more than I can chew when I got <laughs> it and found out that this executive order was fifty five pages. Uh, and I said, oh, you know, how am I going to get through this in order to be able to be ready for the podcast? But um, but I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say it's good. It's good that they're that thoughtful this early in putting it together, but not when you're planning for a podcast. Right. <laughs> well, well, exactly. Right. And when when I saw that my plane time was limited to three and a half hours to try to digest this, how was I going to get through that? <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so which, well, you want to just start with uh, the security component, or what, what's the, the most appropriate, yeah, let, given, let, given our audience? Yeah, let's go down through the security component to start first. And I thought what I would do um, is I'm just going to rattle off first, Bill, right? Mm, um, okay. some, some very specific, let's call it suborders within the executive order. Uh, to give the to give our audience some idea of how specific this thing was, and then let's talk about kind of what that means. So, 
I'm just going to rip through these. Within 270 days, the Secretary of Commerce needs to develop standards for trustworthy AI. Within 270 days, the Secretary of Energy needs to define how to deal with security risks associated with energy infrastructure. Within 90 days, the Secretary of Defense, utilizing the Defense Production Act, has to set the rules for all vendors of AI, LLMs, of explicitly what they have to provide to the government um, in terms of the content of those LLMs. With each, uh, within 90 days, each agency has to conduct a cyber risk assessment. Within 150 days, the Secretary of Treasury needs to put out a report for financial institutions on the use of AI. Within 180 days, the Secretary of Homeland Security needs to publish a framework for risk management for all infrastructure owners. So think think dams, highways, et cetera. Um, there are eight specific orders to address risks in various departments. Within 240 days, the Secretary of Commerce needs to identify standards associated with how to identify um synthetic content or fake content that might be generated out of these uh, these AI systems. And with 180 days, the director of the OMB needs to uh, provide guidance on how to detect fake content that's coming yeah. out of these, these LLMs. So you can see there is a lot of stuff that's going on just within that one security order, right? When we say security, yeah. this is this is not fluffy stuff, right? This no, is, and I, I'm actually surprised to hear the the relative uh, expediency of of all those components. That's pretty quick. Yeah, exactly, right. And which also means which also means there's going to be a lot of activity going on within the federal government. And part of what you're going to also hear uh, later on, right? This the the area that we're going to dive into. Um, there's going to be a significant hiring that's going to go on within the government in order to be yeah. able to accomplish all, all of these things. Now, having said all this, right, the president wouldn't have put out an executive order like this that is all of the all of these different areas are, oh, surprise, I didn't know I have to do this. How am I going to get all this stuff done? Right. Sure. So, yeah. so you know, I'm fairly certain that each area has the confidence that they're going to be able to deliver on this stuff. They probably already have a big frame on this, and much of the time is going to be spent vetting stuff that already exists, right, And before it actually gets issued. The other thing I'm pretty confident of is the counsel that the government has been getting from the big vendors, right? So Google, OpenAI, Amazon, et cetera, they were all part and parcel to assisting in the development of this and so, therefore, you know, I think they're probably already pretty aligned with a lot of the stuff that's in here and what's going to be required um, to be able to support that. So, you know, publishing to the federal government everything that's re in, embedded inside of their LLMs and, you know, and, and using the Defense Production Act, that's that's basically like saying, hey, if, if you're going to sell me something, I need to know everything that's in here so there's no foreign content that I'm not aware of. Right. It's kind of that thing within the production. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you all of those companies have already signed up to do that. So yeah. this is not going to be a um, this is not going to be uh, something that's going to kill any one of those vendors. But 
that it is it is quite surprising, as you said, about how specific and how fast some of that stuff is. Do, do we don't think um, that there's going to be a pause on all because there's lots of innovation going on across the board from all these vendors right now uh, until that next round of of information is coming out. Now we we're, we're going to keep keep rolling through. Yeah, I think I think that, like I said, I think all of this stuff is probably in draft form right now. And yeah. I think they okay. all have access to that in draft form so they understand kind of what's going to happen. Um, for, for, you know, when I think about it, though, for our 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 clients, right, and I think about organizations, um, a lot of the things that the, that the president is tasking these agencies with, right, is also things that as a, as an enterprise, right, you know, all of our, all of our enterprises should be doing as well, right? So yeah. thinking about what are going to be my standards for trustworthy AI, right, yep. as I adopt that. You know, for, so for our clients, when we think about this, all of these standards typically get published, right? And so why wouldn't I start with what the government is publishing as a, as a standard for my own organization? Uh, and, and think about that as, a, as the platform to do this work versus going out to an Accenture or going out to a Deloitte or going out to a McKinsey, starting from scratch, Right. And saying, let's come up and, de- and develop a set of standards. Right. Maybe a more economical way to think about it is let's go ahead and look at what's being published for those standards. Mm-hmm. Use that as a starting point for our own organization and then perhaps utilize Accenture, Deloitte uh, or McKinsey in order to be able to bring uh, industry specifics right into into my organization. It might be able to might be a way to kind of cut cost in that space. Do you, do you anticipate thinking about this from a sourcing perspective for a second? Do you anticipate that there's going to be a need for a lot of, you know, contract revisions or addendums given any major uh, things that that come out of this in the next say 270 days? Given given some of these, I think I think we're going to get into that and in, we're going to get into that into the third section okay. of the important things. But there there's going to be guidance issued specifically to contracting AI and how you should be thinking about contracting AI and holding vendors accountable. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So that's, that's a, you know, the first primer into the, the security aspect, right? What, what, what's the next big ticket item? Are we talking about innovation or was there? No, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, responsible innovation and competition. Um, so when I got down into that section, here was, here was the thing that surprised me. Um, there's really two pieces. There's really two pieces to to this section of the executive order. Uh, the first piece deals with talent and developing talent within the United States to be able to support AI. And I say developing talent within the within the United States. The reality is, is the executive order says we need to be able to draw talent from the rest of the world to come to the United States to support us in AI. So within 90 days, the Secretary of Homeland Security is directed to streamline the visa process for people that want to come in and deal with Interesting. AI, right? Within 180 yeah. days, right, they're directed to enhance the H-1B visa process for AI workers. Why, why is that important, right? 
bringing people over from the Philippines or bringing people over from uh, India to work in the United States, right, requires an H-1B visa. So think about Accenture, think about Deloitte, think about EY, right, to the extent that they want to bring their resources from India into the United States onshore to work on these locations requires an H-1B visa. There's only yeah. so many. There's only so many of those H-1B visas that are available on a yearly basis. So, effect, yeah, yeah. right. Effectively, the government's saying, "I'm going to open up the doors on that to let more of that world talent come into the United States to assist us in our exploitation of AI." Yeah, well, I mean, that's a, it's a bit of an offensive and defensive play from a from a, a global perspective in terms of talent uh, and and who can lead the way, which just goes to one of the other points that you mentioned. Um, you know, from from administrations and, and different global entities being being really the powerhouse of of AI. Right. The last piece of that development is they are within 540 days. Okay, this is the longest thing that's within the order implementing five new national AI AI research institutes, right? So think about this as kind of the core, uh, you know, the core research on AI where the government is doing that that research. There, I want to say there's probably about 25 of them right now, so that's going to increase that number to 30. But it's, it's making those investments in that research area. So one question I have on that relative to obviously a big push for, you know, non-U.S. citizens to come here and work in, at, at American companies, um, which I understand. It, but does it, is there anything in there about, about upskilling, you know, current workers, current uh, citizens? Yeah, you know, I there is, Bill. It's in the sections that I wasn't going to pick up on today, but in the area of protecting American workers and civil liberties, in that protecting American workers, there is a lot of information. There is a lot of stuff in there about, sure. you know, providing that education to uh, the workforce and making that freely available to that. So it's in that section there. Okay, uh, good. I didn't pull out any specifics today to go into that. But it's a good question. Yeah. It, it's definitely- yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it just tells me that it's it's actually a pretty well rounded and thoughtful approach to talent, both here and abroad. You know, Correct. And, and in doing so, trying to support the innovation of of American companies. Right. Right. Yeah. So the second the second part of that um, promoting uh, innovation deals with um, patents and IP. So within 120 days, the Secretary of Commerce is ordered to issue guidance on patents for AI. Within 270 days, to additional to issue additional guidance on the intersection of what's called AI and IP, and then within 270 days, uh, issue guidance on copyright and what copyright infringements might look like with AI. Now, all of this stuff is just going to be guidance, right? It's not going to be laws yet. Sure. Uh, but, but it, you know, lots of times that guidance, you know, ultimately becomes law. You know, there's going to be challenges, we know, to a lot of this stuff. I mean, we've heard all the challenges on executive order. Can you do that? No, for sure. Yeah. Can you not do that. Uh, but to the extent that the guidance exists, right, that's going to be a framework then for uh, companies as they go forward. To be able to be able to at least go forward with with some sense of confidence as to what the future is going to look like. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I totally can see that. Right. So that, that, that kind of goes into that area of promoting competition. Good. Okay. okay. Um, no, I know that you, you mentioned there were a couple different sections about protecting the workforce that were probably a little bit further in the weeds um, uh, around that topic that may not be the most applicable for, for us, what, what, for, for our audience, that is, in the sourcing procurement world. Um, what, what do we think the next major section is relative to them? Yeah, so the last section I found really, really interesting was um, in the, the executive orders associated with the federal government's use and application of AI. Um, and let me just kind of whip down a few of these things. Within 60 days, each agency needs to appoint a permanent position of chief AI officer. Within 150 days, right, they need to issue guidance, right? This is, I think this is the OMB office, needs to issue guidance on appropriate use of AI within the government on how to advance uh, innovation and manage risk, right? And what in that managed risk one kind of caught my eye, but they need to identify what are the, the minimum risk management practices? What are, how do I reduce the barriers for responsible use? How do I document, document, right? Um, oversight for procured AI. How do we maximize the value that we're going to get from contractors that are delivering AI? And how am I going to, uh, I'll call it, report on compliance with these directives? They also are within 90 days, the director of the um, Secretary of Commerce needs to develop guidelines on tools and practices to support the implementation of AI. Within 180 days, the director of the OMB needs to uh, ensure that the agency's contracts for the acquisition of AI systems meet the new standards. And within 45 days, there needs to be a plan in place for the surge of AI talent that needs to come into the federal government to meet these new standards hmm. for how we're actually going to apply AI, right? So this is the government essentially issuing standards at a let's call it the, the the federal level, to be able to say, we need to understand how we are going to apply AI. Most likely, all of those standards are going to be published in some fashion. Mm -hmm. right? And so think about it again as to say, why should I reinvent the wheel as an organization? Let's look at the standards that are being published by the federal government. Let's see how the government is going to apply those standards. Let's start to think about how do I lift those standards up and adjust those standards for application within my own um, uh, within my own enterprise? Now, why would that make sense? If you think about it from a procurement standpoint, the largest consumer by far, right, uh, for Accenture, Deloitte, IBM, Google, anybody, right? The yeah. large, the, the their largest customer is the federal government. Yeah. Right. And so and so they are going to have to be in compliance with what the federal government is going to be asking for on all of these areas, whether it be contracting, whether it be, um, you know, oversight, what am I supposed to do in this areas? So to the extent that our clients can look at what's being published by the government as a starting point. Yeah. 
and bring that into their own organization as standards for acquisition, right? As standards for contracts and what needs to be within within a contract. You know, I can say you can at least start with that. Most of the time, most of the time, our clients' uh, governance rules of vendors is less restrictive than what you would see within the government, right? But it doesn't mean that you can't start with that as a standard and then say, okay, I'm going to loosen it up. So this is where I said it's going to slow down and speed up simultaneously. Yeah, for sure. Right. So if that if that kind of information is available, right, then it should be applicable and and be able to be leveraged. Yeah, and what's what's interesting about it being available and being able to be leveraged. One of the things I was going to mention is that that new chief AI officer role that that I just read about in CIO uh, recently, and, and I think it's very interesting and important, primarily because we we all know that the the, the monsters in the industry have billions of R&D dollars to take care right. of a, a lot of this. But but what that article cited and why I think what you just said is important uh, for, a, for a large swath of businesses who are not only um, creating some of this technology, but obviously procuring it, is the ones that are most vulnerable from not being able to keep up are those that are in the, you know, say a thousand employees range, right. which is a lot of companies, right? right. Um, and, and that it sounds like it's, it's already trying to establish some ground rules and some support mechanisms in place so that there can be that competition, understanding uh, and, and um, you know, being able to compete, which is good to see. Yeah, there's a, you know, there's always, I'm always surprised at the amount of information that's available from the federal government that could be applicable to businesses that I think a lot of businesses don't even realize are out there. Right. That, that, yeah. that can be used to accelerate, let's call it the implementation of policies or the implementation of, of, of various practices uh, within their own organizations. And this to me provides kind of a roadmap of yep. what's going to be available and, you know, l- understanding what that schedule is of when things are going to be available uh, put that on, you know, I, I'd advise our clients to kind of put that on their radar screens so that when it does become available, they can pull it down and say, how do I implement this within my own organization, especially in the procurement area, in order to right. be able to be ready to, you know, buy going forward. Yeah, that's absolutely going to be critical to be uh, on top of it. It, it, not only when you're procuring, but well ahead of it. So you can be aware of what's coming and what guidelines you should be paying right. attention to. So, so that's good. Well, I mean, that's obviously, um, we, we won't have time to go through all 55 pages and, and, and all the, the, the nitty gritty there, but as we continue to, uh, you know, explore it outside of this episode here, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. And we'll, we'll, we'll continuously provide the information that we can here, how, how it plays out for sure, because, Quite frankly, a lot of what you mentioned, as I already I, I kind of commented on, is it's happening in a short amount of time. So yeah. we'll have some updates on this stuff pretty quickly here. Yeah, in terms of what's being released and what and what, yeah. might, you know, what they might be able to rely on, right? So I know one of the things that I'm going to be doing is building my own schedule out that says, <laughs> okay, right, you know, October 30th, 90 days, that's the end of the year, right? Okay, so what should be there by the end of the year? John, put that on your calendar. Go, you know, go Google that. Go, go, go do a search for that. Let's pull that down so that we can then kind of go through. And digest. That's interesting, right? Is that something you would recommend that that sourcing professionals like do proactively? Yeah, for, well, for some of these things, absolutely. Right, the contract standards, things like that. I'd, I'd build my own calendar and say, okay, I know this is what's going to be out there. Find out what when it's going to get get published and pull it down. Good. That's great advice. 
Excellent. So hopefully, hopefully we've done uh, our client some justice today, right? In yeah. Well, like you said, it's a it's a lot to digest and understand, and and this is so much of this stuff is happening so rapidly. So, excellent. Well, thanks, John. Uh, it's a pleasure chatting with you on this again today, and I'm uh, looking forward to continuing the conversation. All right. We'll talk to you next time, Bill. Sourcing Enterprise AI is co-hosted by John Belden and Bill Rufo, and produced by Mike Brown and Kylie Chisholm. The podcast is brought to you by UpRedge, a leading IT sourcing, negotiation, and project execution advisory firm. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss a new episode. For more innovative IT sourcing and risk mitigation insights, subscribe to the UpRedge newsletter and follow UpRedge on social media at the links in our episode description. Thank you for listening.